How's it going, everyone? My name is Will Holdren. I am the host of the Will Power Podcast. Today, we have an amazing guest, and his name is Matt Haycox. And Max, Matt is actually an entrepreneur, and he started quite young. Um, on top of that, he actually became the UK's biggest strip club owner by the age of 27, which is very impressive. Now, it may seem like he was on top of the world, but by 28, he actually went bankrupt. Um, but then after that, he, re he rebuilt his whole life, and he has gone into lending, and now he's also an investor. And he has provided over 500 million euros to UK businesses, which is an amazing accomplishment. So with that being said, Matt, thank you so much for joining me today. No worries, Will. Thanks for having me, buddy. Thanks for having me. Of course. My pleasure. I'm excited for this interview and to kind of jump into your story. And so to start off, I kind of want to go into your childhood a little bit. So can you kind of touch on what that was like and how that helped turn you into you know, who you are today? Yeah, I mean, I, um, I always wanted to be in business as a kid. Um, I think, you know, for, 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 a, for a couple of reasons, really. Uh, I mean, look, it, it was an area of interest, but it was probably an area of interest because my, my dad was a, an entrepreneur. He, he had his own business. And also back, you know, I mean, we're talking about the kind of late 80s, early 90s here as well. Um, you know, I, I always knew I wanted to be rich. You know, I, I, I didn't particularly know how, how. I just knew I wanted to have a lot of money. And if you kind of go back to that, that kind of era it was very much the uh, i guess the thought process that the only way to make big money was to own your own business there was i mean there was no other real ways that you know that, that people became you know let's say a millionaire um and um and yeah so I, I didn't know what i wanted to do in business i just knew i wanted to i wanted to have my own businesses or, or my own business at least uh so i mean that's my, my kind of um, early teens mid-teens were spent uh, you know reading reading every business book i could get my hands on you know uh, buying every product i could to try and sell at the market you know uh, ordering any get rich quick scheme i could come across i mean like you guys in america probably probably call them infomercials nowadays but i mean but, but back in back in the early 90s mid 90s you know we had paper like paper magazines where they would be set almost like a almost like a craigslist in paper really and uh, you get to the back of this magazine and there'd be little um, little coupons you could you could send a stamped addressed envelope to be able to you know buy some 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 business scheme or something you know some new business plan that for like 50 dollars was going to make you a gazillionaire yeah. So I mean, I mean, I I really I really did try and you know, try and kind of get my hands on absolutely everything I could, um, and then uh, and then, then, then finally got my proper start in business in kind of 1998, 1999 when I was 18 or 19, and uh, um, and and it was a, a, a kind of a family business that my my dad had invested in after he'd sold his business and retired, and that's um, that's when my my proper working journey really began. That's amazing. Yeah. And it's awesome. You had parents who are also into entrepreneurship and kind of fueled you into that direction. So I'm kind of curious, was the family business, was that the strip club that you got involved in later? Or is that? No, 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 no. My mom wasn't a stripper. Um, no, no, that, that was that, that that was something I did. I did all by myself. No, they, they, the the fact the well, so it wasn't my family business. It was a family business that had been around for a long time, and um, my my dad invested in it. That was um, that that was a business that made uniforms and, and, and career wear. So for security guards, bus drivers, uh, you know, doctors, nurses, that kind of thing. Um, and um, with that 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 was a business that he invested in. It was it, I went there to work. You know, I, I wanted to avoid university at the time. 
uh, not because I had a, you know, I didn't have a big issue with university. It was just that I felt that for me, it was going to hold me back three or four years of wanting to get out in the in the big wide world and you know have have, have a play yeah. at business and, and make my millions. So, um, I, I, but also at that time, I guess it was you know an era when if you didn't have a college degree you would probably be you well, you would certainly find it very difficult to get a job in the a job in a corporate market um and and, and i guess also you know from a parenting point of view you, you know your kids were probably thought of as as failures if they'd had the opportunity to go to university uh, and and never took it so I mean, it it was you know and we're talking 20 plus years ago so it, it was it was a very different time back then um but I, I never wanted to go like i say so i started to work in this in this business initially in sales um and um, i mean the, the business was mis mismanaged on a on a you know astronomical scale uh, I mean, there was there was no there was no customers who really wanted to deal with us. There was no suppliers who wanted to supply us. There was you know the bank didn't want to fund us. I mean, everything was a catastrophe. Uh, and I, I you know I kind of used to go home com complaining to my my dad every every day that oh you know this this these guys are screwing you. You know you you you're getting robbed. You've got to come back to work and and, and do something about this. And he he kind of retired. He wasn't really really bothered for it. And I guess you know ultimately gave gave me the reins to to crack on as I, I saw fit and uh, you know I always say it wasn't that I really knew what I was doing I just knew everything that probably shouldn't shouldn't be being done uh, and, and for me it was a you know a, a baptism by fire but you know I, I guess a, a, the, the business of trial and error and you know we, we, we over the three or four years that I was in there we, we went from a, a three hundred thousand pound loss to a ultimately a thirty thousand pound profit which was never it wasn't that it was a big number but it was just you know for, for me it was it was the learning curve and the and the the, the, the magnitude of problems and 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 I guess negative experiences that I got to deal with. I mean, obviously, I didn't yeah. understand it or appreciate it at the time back then. But you know, back to where we are today. You know, I always very much say that um, you only really learn anything when things go wrong. Um, you know, when when things go right, they just go right. You know, you you can pretend that you're clever and you know why they've gone right. Uh, but you know, but 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 the reality is, when something's gone wrong, you can you can look back at it and dissect it and break it down and and see see what you can do to make things make things better. So, you know, I was thrown in at the deep end with every possible thing that could go wrong. Um, and obviously, it probably didn't feel like it at the time. But you know, in, in my future, it was one of the one of the best early business educations I could possibly ask for. No, 100%. And, you know, kudos for you for deciding on not doing college. Like I said, 20 years ago, that's a bigger decision than it is nowadays, right? I think a lot of kids nowadays aren't going down that route. But 20 years ago, that was really, you know, unheard of for that. But it's awesome you got that business experience. And like I said, I think that's probably a better college experience for you going through those couple of years or building out the business. Like you said, taking it from a loss to a profit, even though the profit wasn't huge, it's definitely a, a big turnaround, right? Especially for someone as young as you kind of, you know, running things on your own, which is which is very impressive. And so with that being said, I mean, what were some of the biggest things you learned from that early on business experience that you kind of took with you for the rest of your life? You know, I, I guess I'm, I'm probably better off giving you a bit more story uh, of where where I went to, just 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 because I think when, when it comes to when it comes to learn, you know to learning experiences, um, I, I think I, I, I probably started to learn a lot you know a lot more as as, as time went on. I mean, I guess you know, probably the only the only thing I can I can tell you I, I learned from then is is how how little I actually knew about anything, which was you know kind of funny to me because obviously I went into it probably thinking I knew a 
lot, uh, as as so many business owners do nowadays. You know, uh, you know, we think, oh, because we're in business, that makes us a business owner. Therefore, you know, we know everything. I've I've read lots of business books. You know, that that therefore, you know, I know everything there is to know about business. And one of my uh, let's say pet hates or, or or criticisms of people in business is that. Because there's no barrier to entry, to, you know, to, to get into business, and because there's no no league or, or kind of scorecard per se, you know, it, it gives it gives people the ability to to really delude themselves or or trick others others with their ability. And, you know, like the analogy I would always give is in, in football or in soccer. You know, if you if you start playing soccer, uh, you know, and you start playing tomorrow or you start playing next week, you would never possibly. Say that that you know that that qualifies you to be able to go and play for Manchester United uh, and 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 and, and com- compete in those ranks. I mean, hell, it wouldn't even it wouldn't even qualify you to be able to you know, really compete in a crappy league on a on a on a Sunday afternoon. And 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 everybody knows that. And and there's no I guess that, let's say there's no shame, there's no embarrassment. But when it comes to business, it's just it's, it seems to be very binary. You know, I'm I'm either not in business or I am in business. If I am in business, well, then I'm I'm a business owner. You know, that th- therefore I I sit alongside every other business owner out there. You know, whether that's someone with two minutes experience or 25 years experience. You know, whether someone's covered in scars or or or, or, or made billions of pounds. So I guess you know, I probably went into that business. I'm not going to say I think I knew everything, but certainly thinking I knew a lot because I, you know, I'd had seven or eight years of trying to trying, trying to absorb absorb the theory uh, of the books and you know, list, I guess being around my dad when he had his business, etc. So I went through the three or four years learning and you realizing I knew nothing, but then when I came out of the end, I then I then thought again, oh, I know absolutely everything there is to know now because I've I've suffered all all these problems. And then when I started the next chapter of my life, which was in the leisure industry, which was which was with the strip club and building that strip club empire, um, you know, I, I really realized again very quickly how little I, I little I actually knew because there are so many you know so many different facets of business. You know, whether whether it's the sales or the marketing or the operations or the finance or dealing with the properties, dealing with the lawyers, you know, what, 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 whatever it may be. Um, it, it, you know, it was, it was all, all, all new stuff to me. And although I'd, I'd been so um, exposed to so many things in the previous three or four years, you know, I felt almost complete, completely back to, uh, back, back to ground zero. Um, so yeah, I, I guess that that was that was probably my biggest learning from then, and that's just something I'd say to I'd say to anyone uh, you know, nowadays is is to to really really cut your ego out of it when when it, when it comes when it comes to being in business. And look, you know, if you've been playing, if you've been involved in business for six months or twelve months, then you wouldn't then realise that as a six month experienced business owner. Compared to, a, say, a 25-year-old, 25-year experienced business owner, that analogy is someone who's played football for six months to someone who's played football for 25 years. You know, you you, you would very clearly know know you're in different leagues, and uh, you know, accept that you've got so much to learn. Surround yourself, you know, surround yourself with the people that you can absorb that knowledge from, and just you know, have have the humility and the lack of arrogance to uh, to you know to, to to make sure you can try and have a smoother path path as possible. Yeah. No, I think those are all really great points. I love what you said about your ego too, because I think a lot of business owners come into it with a huge ego, just like you're talking about, thinking that they can just do everything on their own. They don't need to reach out to other people for help. When reality is there's a lot of mentors out there that can help you out with that. And if you can put your ego aside and kind of reach out to them and say, hey, can you just help me put me in the right direction with this guy? So we even hire a mentor then, you know, that can really change your business. Because I think a lot of businesses can go down in flames, right? With When their egos are too high, they don't seek out help and then they think they know it all. And then, you know, a couple of years down the road, 
it's going to go down to failure. So I'm glad that you brought that up. Uh, I think I think kind of you're t- tied in with that ego as well is is, is the people that get into into business for the for the wrong reasons. You know, think, you know what is to a business owner utterly ludicrous comments like you know that they they want to want to be their own boss and answer to no one that they that, that they want to have have more to, more time to do the things they love or you know that, that they okay obviously you do because you want to make more money but but the reality of of most small business owners of, of most you know most startup entrepreneurs is you're working longer hours than you than, than you would be in a corporate job you're you're earning less money i mean when you, when you say you want to be your own boss the reality is we all answer to somebody whether we're, whether we're answering to our customers whether we're answering to our shareholders our investors our banks you know we're we're never truly our own boss, you know. I mean, I mean, I, I even, even, even. I know it's probably doesn't feel like it doesn't feel like a, a hardship for him if it, if if you are Elon Musk. But I was having a conversation with someone recently over here uh, in Dubai who who, who raises raises a lot of money for uh, you know for for, for big um, let's say international corporate deals. And this guy was involved when um, when when Elon's been looking for some some investment recently. If I can't remember if it was SpaceX or or. or one of his other other projects, um, and the, the, these guys who are basically a massive sovereign wealth fund um, didn't want to be a part of the deal because they felt that you know Elon had kind of gone too far with, with, with his with his purchase of Twitter and that he, that he kind of cro- crossed the line from probably you know public asset to put to public liability. And I'm sure most people are, are listening to that thinking, well, who gives who gives a shit? Elon's got so much money. What 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 does it really matter? But I just want to tell the story as an example of the fact that you know ultimately, however big you are in business, at some point in time, you know, we all want something from somebody. We all have to answer answer to somebody. And uh, you know, to 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 go into it thinking that you're your own boss, you're going to work no hours, you're going to make a load of money, and you're going to you're going to tell everyone how it is. You know, you're you're kidding you're kidding yourselves. Exactly. Yeah, I like to say this a lot. You're really training your nine for five for a twenty four seven, right? So that's yeah. really like, business owner is a lifestyle. Like it's it's your whole life. So it's a major difference. But like you said, there's big payouts too, right? If you do it right, and then you know, ten years down Absolutely. the road, there's a huge payout that you won't get in your nine to five job. Um, so back into your journey a little bit. You said you were with this this family business for a little bit, and then you kind of left that, and you wanted to join the leisure sector, such as like the strip club empire. So first of all, what made you want to switch into the like the strip club section, right? And then well, how'd they go for you? Well, well when, just before the strip clubs, I did. I started a couple of a couple of normal bars, or I opened a couple of normal bars and pubs. And um, and I guess I didn't get into the industry for any bigger or more complicated reason. That as a 21, 22 year old guy, uh, you know, you, you think, oh well, I can own a bar, I can make a load of money, I can drink beer all night and meet girls and get and get and get paid for it. So I mean, I mean, re- really, that was um, that was my sole business plan and, uh, and and my sole qualification for trying to do it. Um, I mean, I I obviously started to realise what did and didn't work in, in the in the leisure industry when I, when I had the original bars and clubs. And that's what then stepped step me stepped me onto onto the strip club business. And the, the the reason I wanted to get into the strip clubs was because I felt that by having the bar and pub, uh, the bars and pubs, we didn't have we didn't have enough streams of income. We didn't have a high enough margin. You know, our, our uh, we, we had a lot more competition, and. I, see, I used to spend most of my free time back then in the local strip club in the in the in the town in the town in Leeds where I lived, 
so I got to I got to knew the managers, got to know, got to know the girls, and, and and I guess you know because I kind of understood the business model from a uh, you know from a customer's perspective. Again, I decided that qualified me to uh, qualified me to be able to go and start in that industry. And uh, you know, again, as a I was probably 23, 24 at that point, thought what can possibly be better than uh, than than you know, own, owning bars, which are now strip clubs, uh, and, and as well as drinking beer and meeting girls. I'm the I'm I'm, I'm the boss of uh, the boss of a gaggle of strippers. So uh, I mean, I did have a uh, I, I had a slightly more planned out. Um, Let's say game plan for the business of of why you know why I was going to make us a better strip club than other people of you know of, of why uh, I guess why someone would choose our, our venues over over someone else's but you know I was still very much winging it um, you know I, I mean I, I didn't have the right financing in place you know other, other than poaching the manager from 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 the other, from the other club and thinking that because I knew a load of these girls socially they'd come and work for me I didn't really know anything about the business so it, it, it was it was very much you know again. The baptism by by fire and, uh, and 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 learning on the job. Yeah, no, that that's super cool, and I love what you said about how you're kind of winging it, right? Like you had you had some ideas in place. But at the end of the day, you don't know every calculated step. You don't know how you don't know how everything's really going to turn out. And a lot of people nowadays they have analysis paralysis, right? They need to have every step figured out, every single number figured out before they jump into it. And so I'm kind of curious, like from your perspective, like. Is there a way you can know every step like that, or do you have to sometimes go out there and wing it and just say like this is it's got to happen? Yeah, you know what? Let's. I mean, I, I'm trying to choose my words carefully because 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 I don't want I don't want people to get uh, too let's say excited about being able to wing it and and and, yeah. and, and go go out there and achieve anything. Um, but look, when it comes when it comes to planning and forecasting, you know, I mean, I mean, I I in my own businesses now in businesses that that, that I look to fund, I mean, look, I rarely look further ahead than six months time because i think you know when, when it comes when it comes to projecting anything further than that you know you're either guessing at best or in, or in reality you know talking bullshit to try and try and impress a bank a bank or an investor so i think i think you know as 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 time goes on you're going to be you're going to be winging it i think you you've got to have a base level of knowledge you've got to, you've, you've got to have a you've got to have a, a strong plan in place you know you've got to know know where your sales are coming from know what your marketing channels are know 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 who your people are know how you're going to finance it and know what the economics and the and the kpis of of that of that business looks like but you know really when you open the doors or when you pick up the telephone in in, in, a, in a morning in a business, you know you, you you don't know you don't know how your chips are going to fall that day. You know you don't, you don't know what what pro, what problems you're going to have to deal with, um, and 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 how, how it's going to play out. So I think I think no matter how long you've been in in any business game, you know it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, let's say common sense in, intuition and, and, and winging it. But that that is normally winging it built on top of a. You know, a, a solid business education and 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 a, and, a, and, a, and a plan and logic. So I think I think you know to to be really successful, you've probably got to be a nice a nice mix of the two. That you've got to be structured and disciplined, and you know, thought out enough to you know to to, ha to have a clear plan in place, but uh, um, entrepreneurial and flexible enough to to kind of roll with the punches. Yeah, absolutely. I love I love what you said. Like you can't know everything, but you need to have that base level understanding, like how you're going to move forward with the business. And so obviously you did quite well, right, with the strip clubs because you had the biggest one in the UK by the time you were 27 years old, which is such an amazing accomplishment. And then you went bankrupt. So I'm curious, like, what happened at that point in your life? Like, how did the bankruptcy happen? Like, when you hit well, rock bottom, yeah, like, what was that like for you? Well, 
so so uh, the guess I guess chapter chapter two and a half chapter three for me was you know was opening that first strip club which then really led me on a journey of being introduced to a finance broker who helped who helped me raise some money um, and 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 I I then really learned how to raise money and then use that money to 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 fund growth of the businesses I had, other business projects, other business ideas. So over the course of about five or six years from, you know, 2002 to 2008, um, you know, I, I uh, started the first strip club, ended up with 11. That, you know, I was, was the biggest operator in the UK, as you say. I had about 65 other pubs. I had restaurants. I had, you know, retail stores, property portfolio, you know, a, a kind of a wild uh, array of businesses. Uh, you know, I was, um, I guess I was earning well, I was spending well, I felt, you know, I was 26, 27, 28, you know, kind of king, king ding-a-ling. Uh, but, it, but really, it was all all a business built on um, on a massive debt. You know, we were, uh, we were over leveraged, we were undercapitalized. But we were also able to able to completely. When I say mask it, uh, you know, I don't mean let's say mask it from the outside world, but you know, kid, kid ourselves as well. I mean, listen, you know, you're 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 far too young to, uh, to 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 remember what I'm what, what I'm talking about. But I'm sure you I'm sure you sure, sure you've read about it in the books. Uh, but you know, the, the the early part of 2000 was was a time of very very easy availability of capital. You know, I mean, I mean, I used to I always used to pride myself on back then on being able to go and find a nightclub that I wanted to buy, you know, I'd go and look at it at 10 o'clock in the morning, I'd make a couple of phone calls at 11 o'clock in the morning, and there'd be someone around, around my office the next day with the paperwork to sign and the, and, and the money in my bank ready to do, do the deal. Uh, and that's really what the, you know, what the economic climate was like back then. But obviously, all I was doing was, 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 was building up a, a pregnant mass of debt that, uh, that ultimately one day was going to come home to roost. Um, and June, July 2008, it was the onset of, uh, you know, what was, what was the credit crunch of, 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 of that era. Uh, liquidity dried up. You know, my funders stopped being able to to lend me any money. Uh, that you know, the fact we couldn't borrow any more, then started to put pressure on the rest of our operations. And very much, you know, almost overnight. I mean, people always say, "Well, how did how did you, did it really go wrong that quickly?" And it really was. You know, in four, five, six weeks. I mean, I remember in 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 June two thousand and eight, I still had a a nine 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 credit rating. You know, I was still I was still borrowing borrowing seven figures of money. Um, that was in kind of June, July. Things were tightening up. August, uh, we were starting to get you know, let's say our, our first very aggressive legal legal letters. And by the beginning of September, um, I, all the businesses were in administration or probably chapter eleven, as you guys would call it over there. Uh, and I was uh, I was made personally bankrupt as well. So I mean, it, it, it literally it literally fell fell that fast. And and on everything I had was intermingled. So you know, when one business went, it had a knock-on effect across them all. And, and 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 literally within the within the course of weeks, the lot was gone. Yeah, that's it's crazy how fast that happened. Just hearing that right now in your story, um, and like you mentioned, like 2008, there was such low liquidity at that time. And so if that didn't happen, right, that 2008 section stuff didn't happen, where you know everything was really crashing in the real estate space, and obviously that carried over in other sectors as well. Do you think? You still would be in like the strip club industry today, and still still building that empire over there. Well, I mean, there's there's probably a few different answers or or, or ways to take that ways to take that question. Really, I mean, look, if you talk about just the strip club, strip club industry itself, uh, you know, as as time went on to kind of 2009, 10, 11, the the, the legalities of that industry changed a lot, uh, which which put put a lot of pressure on on the earning potential. So, it, it, you know. 
today it is not the same business. It's not the same level of profitability as it was back then. So maybe I'd have changed anyway. But I think you know, probably a, a more interesting question will be along the lines of, you know, if the credit crunch hadn't hadn't started, then you know how 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 long would I still be going on for? Um, and but but the reality is that business was was bust long before 2008 you know it, it was it was still alive in 2008 purely because people were continuing to lend money to me you know I, they were stupid enough to lend uh, i was stupid enough to keep borrowing and if that if that had not changed for 2009 2010 11 you know we would have kept going on and on and on and the businesses would still have existed um, and they would have still looked probably profitable, profitable on paper. But the reality was, you know, they would just be getting drowned in more and more and more debt. And the reason I say that's a more interesting question is because, you know, to, to me, ultimately, that's, you know, that's the where the economy is at right now. I mean, if, if you go back to pre-COVID, so I don't know, 2018, 2019, you know, I mean, businesses then, you know, you know there have been so many zombie businesses that, didn't really shouldn't really be in existence you know they weren't they weren't proper businesses they were they were only existing because there'd been such an easy availability of capital in the in in the years in the years prior to that so people could keep borrowing money to kid themselves and keep the businesses afloat and you know we, we all thought that uh, that when covid happened that was going to be the end of all these businesses you know almost like the you know the the, the cull the, the, the execution that, that, that they all that they all really needed, um, and actually the exact opposite happened. And inst instead of there being less less money around during COVID, there was there was more money around. You know, with, with, with government grants and bailouts and ac accessibility of loans, etc. Um, and then we've kind of come out of that come out the COVID period and you know again everyone said well it's now going to tighten up but there is still you know there's still so much capital in the market and people people desperate to lend people desperate to invest obviously that's tightening up in the in the venture capital world now and you know there's people shaky about property but you know in, in general there is still too much money out there and too and too many shit businesses so I guess you know for, you know, for, for me the context of that story is yes I, I, look, would I still be around doing strip clubs today no I wouldn't could I have lasted longer than 2008 absolutely should i have lasted longer than 2008 no i should have you know i i, I should i should have gone in 2006 or two or, two, or 2007 um and you know in, in a way obviously it probably didn't feel like it at the time but it was probably a, a great blessing to me that you know that, that it did happen then and and they and and the, and the learning experiences that, that that came from it yeah yeah. No, yeah. Those are all really great points. And I love what you said about, you know, COVID. I think what's going on right now in our world economy is kind of similar to what's going on in 2008. Obviously, you would know more than me because you're in that lending space, the finance space right now. Um, but it just seems scary to me right now. Right. I mean, all that stimulus money that you said came out during COVID years and prop businesses up. And now we're really seeing the inflation side of that. Uh, obviously, that's starting to come down a little bit. But how do you kind of see the lending space changing over like the next couple of years? Like, like what do you think is going to happen Like the world economy with all that stuff going on? I mean, how do you see that impacting like your business going forward here? I mean, look, we're we're still we're still very very aggressively lending. Uh, I mean, look, we're in a. I think you know the answer to that question will, will differ for different businesses depending on on how they're how they're funded on what kinds of businesses that they're interested in. I mean, look, we're a secured lender, so you know, so we we want to lend against um, you know, against hard assets that you know that we can take security over if things go wrong. Uh, and we're not, you know, obviously we're we're tightening up a bit 
you know, how, how we would view an asset. So instead of being at a 75% loan to value position, we might be at 70. Instead of 70, we might, we might be at 65. But you know, but the the good thing for us is we're we're funded purely by private investors. Uh, you know, high, high net worth guys. Uh, which means that we don't have to, um, I guess, deal with the whim, the the whims of overnight changes of of, uh, of mentality and policy policy by banks. So if you look at a lot of our peers, they've they've shut up shop completely at the moment because you know, they're, they're all funded by the same banking institutions. Who you know, when something happens, they you know, they 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 make make a wholesale change. Um, but uh, you know, we, we've got good availability of capital. Uh, you know, our investors have wanted to take money. Out of the stock market and the and the unpredictability of the stock market, and put it in the more predictable uh, asset class of secured debt, which is what we offer them. Uh, but I think, look, for, for, for me, for me in general, um, no matter what's going on in the economy, there, there, there's, there's always opportunities. It's just a matter of of, of being of being careful and sensible and and, and and select selective about it. So I mean, look, if we if we pick the right businesses, if we pick the right asset classes, and we lend against them. In a sensible manner, we can make money in an up market. We can make money in a, money in a down market, and uh, you know, touch 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 wood. That's what we've been doing, and that's what we'll continue to do. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, no matter what the economy is doing up or down, there's always ways to make money in actually what's going on out there. Um, so, with that being said, obviously, like I said, you're in the lending space right now, and a lot of companies out there want to get lending. Right, there's a lot of businesses that need lending in their companies as well, and they're trying to get it, and they struggle with that. So from your perspective, like what are you looking at when you're evaluating a company? What are some main key factors you're looking at to try to get or just to decide whether or not you want to actually lend money to them? What do you think there's going to be a problem in the future? Like what are some of those key factors that you look at when deciding that? Well, look, I, I'm I'm a I'm a secured lender, so you know what I'm 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 always looking at you know what what is my fallback position if things go wrong. You know what 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 assets can I take security over uh, so that if we don't get paid and things don't go to plan, you know how, how can I make sure that we protect our capital and we protect our our investors' money? Um, now. Other than that, you know, we're, we're I say that we're a secured lender, but we're not a pawnbroker, so we don't, you know, we don't want to, we don't want assets to, to be taken away, we don't want things to go wrong, you know, we really do want the underlying business to perform. So, um, you know, we, we, we'll we will want to look for 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 good businesses, you know, that that, that have got, uh, I guess, a, a good business plan run run by a solid management team, you know, with, with some some kind of track record track history you know pr- pr- predictable income uh, and some kind of clear plan in place of how 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 we think they're going to they're, they're going to pay us back um now look, that that's down to me or oh, that's the way we operate as a business i think you know my advice to any to anyone raising money would be would be two sides really one if you actually absolutely have to go and raise raise finance then you need to go into it very, very prepared. I mean, look, you know, raising money is a, is a business activity or, or, or a task in in and of itself. You know, you 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 need to be presenting your plan, presenting your numbers, presenting your personal circumstances, and being able to being able to answer very clear and granular questions on those numbers. I mean, look, you know, some of my my biggest criticisms of business owners that I deal with is they've got no grasp of their numbers whatsoever, um, because. You know that they either pass it off to an accountant, uh, or 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 they, or they just you know they, they either don't understand it or don't think they need to understand it. So I think you know one big piece of well, a couple of big pieces of advice. One is make sure you know your numbers, and even if you do have an accountant who deals with it, whether that's one that works for you or whether that's you know an external one that you know, kind of uh, works on a part-time basis, 
you know, re really get to get to grips with how, how the accountancy works. Secondly, don't under don't underestimate the importance of your personal credit in a business loan. Uh, I mean, it's it's something that I think you know uh, a lot of business owners are quite naive to. They'll always say, "Well, why does you know this is a strong business and uh, you know that the business can pay the money about what? Why do you need to look at my personal credit?" You know, what we like to look at with personal credit, or what other lenders like to look at, is it's not necessarily how much money you have or haven't got, but how you behave as an individual. Um, so, so you know, I mean, I would always much rather look at somebody and say that, okay, they've got a, a huge, I don't know, hundred thousand pound one-off debt, or they've had a million pound bankruptcy as a as an isolated event that's moved on, than I look at somebody who's got. 50 credit cards and they've got you know and and they're always bouncing payments for 10 pounds here or 20 dollars there and you know and 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 just really showing showing that they're very disor very disorganized as, 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 as an individual so that's you know and that's why uh you know lenders like to look at personal credit and i think that's that's a, a big a big mistake that people make but i think what you should also really think about is is do you do you even need to borrow the money uh, and i think you know, particularly in today's in today's economy where it's, it is getting tougher to borrow the money uh, and and okay if you've got assets that you can use as security that's one thing but if you haven't got the assets you know it's going to be very tough to borrow the money but so so often particularly when it comes to you know people setting up a business or businesses in their early stages uh, you know people want money for things that they just just, they just don't need, you know. They're, they're trying to employ staff before they need them. They're trying to take on fancy offices. They're trying to run run before they can walk. Um, and you know, um, I guess really ask yourself: do, do, do you need the money? Is there a way that you can bootstrap it? Is there a way you can, you know, guerrilla finance it? Can you can you get customers to pay up front? Can you get suppliers to suppliers to extend your credit? You know, there's there's more than one you know there's more than one way to skin a cat. And you know, like I said, raising money is um is a full-time job in itself but you know that the, the most creative people uh, will will be the will be the ones who survive yeah yeah that's a lot of really great information right there and i never really thought about the the personal credit side of things right for business but i guess that that makes sense right you want to make sure they're a responsible person when it comes to actually loaning them money so i'm glad you brought that up um so with that being said as we close out this interview today i just have one more question for you uh, I appreciate you hopping on here. I know our guests got a lot of great information and value out of today. So that last question is, um, so going for for you, how can people actually reach out to you and find you? And is there anything else that you'd like to say? Um, so I mean, look, you can find me on all things social. You can find me all over the internet. I am certainly not hiding. Uh, so, I mean, look, I'm on Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, The Works. I'm at the Matt Haycox. That's T-H-E-M-A-T-T-H-A-Y-C-O-X on all things social. I've got a website, which is Matt haycox.com i've got a podcast which is the matt haycox show recently launched a newsletter as well uh, and i you know i make a lot of content um, about business about sales about marketing about finance about uh, i guess you know overcoming bankruptcy failure and every, everything um, everything in between really so um Give me a follow, subscribe to the newsletter. If you've got any questions, you know, please do uh, kind of DM me on any of those channels because I do answer as many questions as I can. If not directly, I'll make videos about it. And, uh, you know, always, always love to hear from people and uh, always like to know that I can help. Awesome. Yeah, guys, definitely take advantage of that. And Matt Haycox, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks, Will. No way that we go is a one-way street. Nothing